Hey friend, before we get to the episode, I have a free gift for you today. Do you want to start a podcast, but maybe you feel like it's probably too expensive, it's too confusing, and too time-consuming? Well, you need my podcast equipment guide. It's the five things I could not record my podcast without, and they all cost less than $100. I'll talk to you with direct links of what to buy about the physical podcast equipment, podcasting softwares, hosting, and more, all in this free guide. It's everything you need to feel ready to start a podcast today. So go get it at elizabethmccravey.com slash record. Now here's the episode. This episode is brought to you by my favorite podcasting software, Riverside, and I've got a 20% off deal so you can try it for yourself. Whether you're on episode one of your podcast or you have over 200 episodes like me, let me just say the right interview recording software makes all the difference. Riverside makes it simple to record and edit podcasts, quickly fine-tune post-production, and make great pull clips for easy reuse. We all know that repurposing content is the name of the game in 2023, and clip markers let me save things in real time to easily grab parts of the episode and create short-form videos for reels or other teaser content for the episode post-production. So there's no more fumbling with a pen and paper mid-interview to write yourself a post-it note that reminds you that your guest said something cool during minute 24 of the episode. On top of that, it's so easy for guests to use too. I've been a guest on more than 50 podcasts at this point, so I've seen it all. And both as a podcast guest and a podcast host, Riverside is my favorite. The quality and ease of use is so good. I've even been able to repurpose my podcast episodes as videos and finally get on YouTube this year. So to try it for yourself and get 20% off, head to elizabethmccravey.com slash Riverside and use the code Elizabeth at checkout. Make sure to share your first clip with me and tell me what you think. Again, that's elizabethmccravey.com slash Riverside and that link is in the show notes. Hey guys, I'm Elizabeth McCravey, a website designer and business coach for entrepreneurs and your host for the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, the show that's all about pulling back the curtain on how to actually build a successful business. I don't skim the surface around here. If you want a deep dive into the nitty gritty details of what it takes to run a successful business and stand out in a crowd, you're in the right place. After creating a multiple six-figure-a-year website design business in my 20s, I'm ready to share everything I've learned and everything I'm still learning because I believe the keys to building a thriving business should never be a secret. Here you'll find episodes that are actionable, direct, and fun, like friends chatting business over coffee and a fresh, honest take on the reality of being an entrepreneur. If you're ready to master online marketing, branding, website design, mindset, and business strategy, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to build your breakthrough brand. Let's do this. All right, friends, I am really, really excited about this episode and passionate about these things you could say. I've been sitting on the idea for this for a while, and it started as like a note on my phone of like, okay, these are things I'm seeing that are frustrating, and I want to talk about it. So I'm really excited to bring it to you now. I'm sharing my three not-so-popular opinions about what I'm calling girl boss business culture, which by that I just mean the world in which so many of us float around in of like online business, women building businesses, celebrity entrepreneurs, online education, and all that kind of stuff, um, just kind of like, you know, the girl boss stuff is sometimes called. And I think between these three opinions, you might end up being like, yes, Elizabeth, I agree with you on some of them. And then you might be like, I disagree with you on another. And that's 
okay. We can still be friends. And I'd love to fully explain the thought behind each one before you kind of maybe decide if you're with me or not. So um, listen to the full thought on each of them. Um, I'm doing this episode because these are things worth talking about that I feel like is just like, okay, this is all happening in the background and we're all seeing it, but it's often never really acknowledged. So listen through as I talk about each one. And I'd love to hear from you about what you think after you listen to this episode. So tag me on your Instagram stories and share the episode with your own audience. Leave a review for the podcast and let me know what you think or send me a DM on Instagram privately and tell me your thoughts. So that is it. Let's get into it in no particular order. My unpopular opinions about girl boss business culture. All right, here we go, friends. My first unpopular opinion, no particular order of unpopularness. This is just the way um, I thought of them. So first one, I'm not into the goal of retiring your husband. So like I already said in the intro, let me explain all these before you kind of like draw your own opinions on them. Because again, the stuff that's like, we see it happening, but maybe isn't talked about enough. And it takes more than one sentence to explain them all. So if you've been around the online business space, or just like business in general, for a little while now, you've heard women express the goal to retire their husbands, quote unquote, or maybe you've been sold or seen a course or other type of offer where this person is going to help you retire your husband. Meaning though, that Basically, they want to make enough money to get their husband no longer working whatever job it is he's working, and you're trying to become a one-income family. So that's the idea behind it, which to say, as I say that, that's actually a really beautiful sentiment possibly. Like maybe your husband works a job he doesn't like, and he also wants to start a business, or he wants to make a career change, and you're wanting your business to help him do that. That's awesome. Or maybe your husband desires to be home with your kids more or to become a full-time stay-at-home parent while you work. Again, there's a lot of that can be beautiful about this, so hear me say that. And I actually, uh, many of you guys who are longtime listeners know, I've been in a family situation right now where I've been our primary income um, for years while my husband's been in grad school. School, which is very different than retiring him, but I still know that like family life situation of being like the oh, kind of a more one income family while the other person is pursuing someone else. Um, but that's still different than this like girl boss quote unquote dream I'm referring to. So I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad goal. What I am saying though, and this is what I really want you to hear me say, is that this goal of retiring your husband is completely missing the mark. So I've seen cool stories from business owning women who maybe their husband's retired hired early-ish, like in their 50s instead of 60s or 70s, thanks to their wife's business. And that's great. That's not what I'm talking about here exactly. Those sorts of things can be great and is honestly a different conversation. But what I want you to hear is that often the people bragging that they've quote unquote retired their husband and you can too, or saying, let me teach you how to retire your husband. What they aren't saying and that what they're missing is that you're allowed to want to start a business simply for you because you want to, because you want to earn money, because you want to do something you're passionate about, because you're good at something and you want a career for it. Um, but as women, I think so often we can feel guilty putting ourselves first and starting a business can feel like we're putting ourselves first. It's a ton of work. It can be expensive. It can be time consuming. So when you're buying like a $2,000 course or you're staying up late after bedtime to work on your business, you might feel like you have to justify the sacrifice of all of this as if it's for your spouse, as if it's for your family. 
family. Or maybe your version of it is like you're saying you're building your business because you're going to put all the money in your kid's college fund or you're going to donate all to charity or it's all so that you can do this family vacation and you're the one paying for it. And what I want to say is that those can all be goals, but it can also just be for you. It doesn't have to be for your husband. It doesn't have to be for your kids or your clients. It can simply just be because you want to and because you're good at what it is and you want to serve people and contribute to the world in this way. So don't tell yourself that in order for it to be okay for you to have a business that you have to be trying to out earn your spouse to retire him and make him no longer work or honestly do anything that has anything to do with his work at all. It can literally just be about your work. They can be separate things. And another reason I dislike the quote unquote retire your husband goal is because and some of you guys are going to know what I'm talking about, but it's a really common and dare I say manipulative sales tactic used by people to sell their own stuff, whether that's to get you into a multi-level marketing type company or to get you to buy their course or to buy their mastermind. In fact, if you're familiar with the company LuLaRoe, which um, kind of people said was like more like a cult after its downfall, but it was a network marketing company that sold leggings. I'd, I've never bought them. I'm not super familiar with them, but I watched the documentary that was on Amazon called Lula Rich, and it was so super fascinating, but they talked about in this in it, right? Um, so LuLaRoe had a very intense pyramid vibe to it where the people on top were getting extremely rich and then there were people on the bottom of the pyramid who were buying all this inventory of leggings that they just could not sell. And a big part of the marketing for LuLaRoe to get you to join was this false dream of retiring your husband. And the whole goal is that they're telling you is like, hey, you're a stay-at-home mom. Our goal is to get your husband home from corporate America and working in your LuLaRoe business too, which again, it's like such a like great dream, right? Like a family business, but it was manipulative and it was not what was happening inside the company. In reality, the people at the top were getting richer and richer while the people who were being sold this dream of trying to retire their husband or like make just tons of money while working from home in nap time were losing money and treading water under the false pretense that there was enough money to be made in this company to replace their husband's salary, whatever ambiguous amount of money that might have been. Um, so yeah, go watch that documentary called Lula Rich if you're interested more, or you can just Google it. But that was like one thing they talked about in that documentary. And I was like, oh my gosh, this feels so similar um, to things I see in online business. And additionally, a thought on this, I've seen a lot of businesswomen retiring their husbands who are in their like 20s and 30s. And that's all always baffled me, right? Like, what is their spouse going to do now is my question. And when I see this, it's not typically even like they're retiring to be a stay-at-home parent. It's just like retiring just to like be retired, not even to work in your business, not to be a stay-at-home parent. And um, it's just confusing. And I, I think it's, again, sometimes feels really manipulative. And I, I know many of you guys will say agree, but work can, can and should be a really beautiful and fulfilling thing. So it has felt odd to me when I see that at times. So again, not saying you can't have that goal to retire your husband, but what I do want to say, and I want you to really hear from this first unpopular opinion, is to have it for the right reason if that's going to be your goal, not because you're trying to justify your own dreams. Let me say that again. Don't have the goal of retiring your husband just to justify your own dreams and your own goals within your business. You're allowed to want a business 
just because you want a business and just own that. Maybe have a conversation with your spouse about like why this business matters to you and what your goals are with it. And it doesn't have to involve his work. And if you do want to help your husband get out a job he doesn't like, that's great. But if that's your only goal, then your business may not end up being that fulfilling for you. And additionally, you might put a lot of stress from within your home on your business that shouldn't be there and that might like hurt your growth in a sense. It might not, but it could. Um, and again, I've seen I've seen this happen. So that is my first unpopular opinion. You do not need the goal to retire your husband as a business goal to justify your own dreams. One more from the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, then you've got to join my podcast community. It's an absolutely free Facebook group where you can connect with other listeners to network, ask questions, make friends, find clients and team members, all the things. Our community is constantly popping with new posts. It's the perfect place to ask questions that come up for you after listening to these podcast episodes or just other burning business questions that you would like for me to answer or have another like-minded business owner answer. I'm also constantly sharing content that takes what we talk about on this show deeper with examples, visuals, videos, and just extending the conversation further. So head to elizabethmccravey.com slash Facebook to join the group. Just request to join and I'll let you in. You can also search Breakthrough Brand Podcast group on Facebook to find it that way. See you inside. All right. Second on popular opinion about girl boss business culture. Oh my gosh. You guys are going to let's see. We'll see what everyone thinks about this one. Okay. So second popular opinion, you don't need a cool Instagram worthy morning routine to be a successful business owner. Um, our world, especially the online business and the girl boss world has an obsession with morning routines. And I'm not gonna lie. I love morning routine stuff too. When I see a podcast episode, that's like so-and-so's morning routine or like their hacks for what they do in the morning. I'm super curious. Um, I think we all are. And I've talked about morning routine stuff on this podcast and I've had guests talk about as well. So I totally get it. Um, We want to know what people's morning routines are. We read books on morning routines. We download freebies about them. We listen to any and every podcast about it. We really care to hear, you know, what time do successful people wake up? What do they do when they first get out of bed? What secrets are within their miracle morning that make them so successful? And I think there's a lie beneath it all that makes us feel like if we just know what that person does first thing in the morning, and then if we do the same thing, we're going to have what they have. And I think there's also a glorification of the fancy high vibes morning routine in this like business owning women world too. So after all of this, we're told like, you need to go cold plunge in the morning. You need to take a cold shower. You basically need to like find a way to be cold. Um, and then you need to meditate. You need to burn some sage. You need to have some maca tea, drink bulletproof coffee, work out, read something inspirational, go in a sauna, leave your phone locked in a box for the first three hours of the day, go do yoga on the beach, journal for 30 minutes, go on a one mile walk, etc. Like all of those things are things you probably heard. And you know what I'm talking about. It's like all these things combined into some very specific sequence or even just like done separately, we're told are going to like completely change things for us somehow. And again, I want to say even with my critique just now, I love morning routines and I totally see the value in starting your day with intentionality and slowly moving into work and waking up with a purpose, you know, not just looking at your phone immediately or not just diving into work and exercising in the morning or reading or praying first thing. 
I get all that and I absolutely love it. And, you know, I say do it if for you it works and you got the time, do it fires you up and what your life has capacity for. What I actually just want to push back against is not the idea of having a morning routine in general, but the lie that your morning routine makes or breaks your success or that you need to do what some other person does in the mornings in order to be successful because everyone's life is so different. Um, Your energy levels are different. Your family situation is different. Your job is different. So just because they do this really specific thing in the morning doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, And it's also helpful to know, um, and I certainly feel this way when I think about any time I've ever talked about my own morning routine, what someone says they do in like a 15 second reel or in a podcast interview probably looks a lot different than what's actually happening day in and day out in their life. Like they might be telling you what their ideal morning routine would be if everything goes according to plan and you know, it involves all these really specific things, but that might not be what's really happening in day to day life. So What I really want to tell you is that it doesn't really matter what she does or what he does or what I do if it's not things that interest you um, and not going to impact you and add value to your life. And in addition to all that, when you're in a season of life where it's hard to have any morning time alone um, and you're like, when am I supposed to do this like apparently five hour morning routine? It can feel really discouraging when someone tells you that you need to do all 10 of these things every morning to have a successful business. Or maybe they're not directly saying you need to do these things, but they're saying like, this is what I do and it works and it's so amazing. So I'm just saying it's not always what it looks like. Don't necessarily buy into it and don't let it be a distraction to you. So here's just some like to just bring it back to like what I've experienced that would lead this to be my unpopular opinion. Reality from my life, I've done different things in the morning depending on the day, on my mood, what life has for me that day, always. Like I've had elements of routine always in my life, but never anything very fancy. And my reality since becoming a mom, um, now almost two years ago, Colin's nearing that two-year-old age, but that is most mornings. Like y'all still, I'm like, again, 21 months into this motherhood thing. Still a lot of the mornings of the like, you know, seven days, the majority of them, Colin is what wakes me up in the morning. And now I should say too, Colin's not a great sleeper. He's not one of those makes it to 7 a.m. babies. He is a morning person. He's like, hey, it's the morning. I'm ready to get up and get kicking. Um, So for me, most mornings I'm woken up by him. But there are some mornings where I do wake up before him and it's like so special. And during that time, what I'm doing is drinking coffee, praying, reading, doing a devotional on the sofa. And that's about it. There are days where I get to like work out before he's awake. And that feels like amazing. Like that's such a huge win if I've made it to the gym before he's up, but again, rare. Um, So for me, there's no high vibes meditations happening, um, no cold showers, and no sage burning for me. And my business is still growing and thriving and has been for seven years without all that stuff, without a sauna, without one hours of silence. Um, And again, some days I totally wish I could do more in the mornings, but that's not my reality. And again, may not be yours either. So what I want to say to close out the second one is that doing more isn't a bad thing. Doing a morning routine is not a bad thing. You know that, I know that, but I want to make sure you clearly hear me say that I'm not saying those are bad. But if you're like me right now and you look at your life and what you're told your morning routine should look like and feel as though that's not attainable, it's normal. 
it's okay. You're normal. Um, and it, it's, it's amazing if you have the ability to do a whole lot of cool stuff, but let's be real for a lot of different reasons. We have circumstances, whether it's on one day or just our life overarchingly where that's not possible. So whether it's being a mom to young kids, having a job that requires you to be there super early in the morning where you're like, I can't wake up any humanly possibly earlier than this. Um, and so that's, you know, you wake up and go to work. Maybe you have an illness or you're caring for someone else with an illness, or you just don't ever get enough sleep. So you need to sleep in. Maybe your job keeps you up really late and and you need to sleep in. There's so many reasons. So my point though, is that you can be successful without a cool morning routine. You do not need a gratitude journal and do a 30 minute meditation to win at business. There you go. All right, let's move to number three. My third unpopular opinion, which I think this is this is unpopular technically because no one is saying it, but I think we all can agree on it. The expectation for what new revenue numbers we can and should be hitting as business owners is simply getting ridiculous. So at one point, like seven years ago, when I started my business, I feel like everyone was talking about hitting five figure months, right? Like that was like the cool number that we're told like we should work towards, which, you know, might be might be hitting like $100,000-ish um, if you're doing that consistently. Then, though, it became six figures. That's the goal you'd, you'd see thrown around. Then it became hitting seven figures, having a million-dollar business. And now lately, I'm seeing ads on Facebook. I don't know why these people are targeting me, but I keep seeing um, ads and conversations all the time around having an eight-figure business, um, ads for how so-and-so made eight figures a year. They barely work and you can do it too. Um, And y'all, that is a $10 million plus business. And these ads are saying they're doing that on like a few hours a week. And if you're asking like, how are they doing that? The truth is it's probably not complete truth, at least not in the way it's being advertised. So for example, I know I just talked about eight figures, but let's talk about seven figures for a moment because that's the more common one that you also too are probably seeing, but maybe you'll see some eight figure ads now um, on your Facebook feed now that we're talking about it. But what does seven figure business mean? Um, so someone who says that they could mean that they made over a million dollars in revenue that year. Okay. Revenue mean the top line number. So profit might be significantly less than that. So they could mean they made that in a year. They could mean that they paid themselves over a million dollars that year, meaning that, you know, their, their paycheck literally cash in the door to their personal finances was that that's most likely not what they meant. Um, lastly though, they could mean, uh, and this is the thing most people mean when they say this, that in X numbers of year, they have had their business, they have made over a million dollars. So in the 10 years that they've had their business, they have made a million dollars or whatever it is. Um, and I also think some people who are throwing out, six figure, seven figure, eight figure, whatever it is, are intentionally being not specific because it leaves us as the consumer to not really question it as much. Like we draw our own conclusion like of whatever, you know, maybe when we hear six figure, we're thinking half a million, or maybe we are thinking a hundred thousand. Like we draw our own conclusions with it. And um, it feels more like just an up in the sky, wonder what that means type of number. And um, it's not really truly being questioned. So as I'm talking about this right now, I don't even have this in my notes, but y'all, I know so many of you listening to this are educators or you're someone who, you know, has a podcast yourself, sells online courses or sells products where income claims are a part of it. And I just want to encourage you to try to be specific when you can, um, while still protecting like your business's, um, financial data that needs to be private. So, you know, maybe instead of just blatantly throwing out six figure business, get more specific and say, my business does six figure 
figures in revenue each year, or I pay myself a six figure salary each year. Again, I know it's like, it's tough because it's like a both and right. Like you don't want to be too specific because that feels weird. Um, but like to get really specific about something about this. I know I certainly feel that way. Um, to show like exact numbers, but also try to protect your audience and think about how you would receive the vague number and get a little bit more specific or better yet, ask yourself, is there a way that I can get this point across without giving like financial numbers? Like if, could I get this sale? Um, could I talk about this thing without saying six figure, seven figure, eight figure? Um, if that is your only way that you're able to market or sell your product, then it's not that strong of a product or you don't have that strong of a marketing plan. So that shouldn't be the only thing you're relying on. And if that is something like if you're seeing someone selling something where all they're doing is promising you making a certain amount of money, maybe look the other way. Um, so that, that's my little extra two cents. It's not in my notes. So anyway, let me get back to my notes. So, um, oh yeah. So this was something else I was going to say to go back to talking about the eight figure number. This might sound like I have a bad mindset or I don't believe in myself. That's actually not true. I really do believe in myself and in this business I built. But at the same time, I actually don't believe that my business has the capacity to be an eight-figure-a-year business. I don't think I can do $10 million in a year. Uh, I don't think my business from like an infrastructure setup is set to do that from a team's perspective, from my own working capacity um, as a mom. Like, I don't think I, I don't think I have that. But I also don't want that business anyway. I want a simpler business that pays me well, supports other families, and serves you guys well. And I personally am not trying to build an eight-figure empire that those Facebook ads are trying to sell me. And what I want to say to you here is that you don't have to either. Whether it's that you don't want a seven-figure business or you don't want an eight-figure business, you don't want a five-figure a month business, whatever it is, you don't have to want that just because that's what someone else is doing. It's okay if your business goal is to have a business that brings your family an extra $2,000 a month or an extra $300 from one client you work with during nap time. Someone else's goal and the Facebook ad goal does not have to be your goal. And it's also worth thinking about when you think about your business numbers, Focusing more on what number you actually pay yourself versus your top line revenue number, because I know the top line revenue number is fun. And that is the flashy number, right? That people really want to throw around. But what really is impacting you and what you're really trading your work hours for is like what that number that you're paying yourself and your business profits are, what you're able to pay your team, all of that. And when I look at my own business, like I may not have a multi-million dollar a year business, but I absolutely believe that I am definitely paying myself more yearly than a lot of those people who have the multi-million dollar year businesses do. And that might be your situation as well. You never know what's actually happening behind, you know, the eight figure ad or the seven figure ad that people are, are throwing around. So don't be blinded by the big numbers and fancy promises. And also be brave enough to ask follow up questions when people make revenue claims, um, or expect you to commit to a mastermind without knowing the cost, or just anything like that, that feels scammy. And like, financially driven and you're confused, you're allowed to say no, and you're allowed to ask follow-up questions. If they've talked about it first, it's not like disrespectful to like say back, hey, can you get more specific about this as I'm considering buying, you know, your mastermind or your course or joining your membership or whatever it is. It's also just okay to say no. And again, with this one too, I really want to encourage you as I'm talking about this, know what your goals are. Like know that within those numbers, like what maybe are you working towards this year in your business or long-term in your business? Because when you know that stuff, it helps you be able to tune out 
the distractions of like the revenue claims and things like that. So anyway, that is it, my friends. Those are my three unpopular girl bossy opinions. And yeah, I would love to hear from you on any of these. Like if there's one where you're like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, I totally agree with you. Or you're like, wait, I see this differently. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Again, you can leave me a podcast review, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Elizabeth McCravey if we haven't connected over there. And yeah, hope you don't hate me. If if we do disagree on any of these, um, know that we can still be friends. I would love for you to keep being a podcast listener, even if we disagree. So anyway, that's it. I'll be back next week with actually another fun solo episode. Really excited about it to talk about how to be a better podcast guest. So um, stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. So you'll get that in your feed. All right. Bye guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast and all the way until the end. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, then I want to encourage you to check out my website where you'll find tons of resources to help you grow a profitable and sustainable business. Over on elizabethmccravey.com, you'll find free workbooks to help you figure out things like the best headline for your sales page. There's a freebie with my favorite journal prompts to start your day with, a guide on website essentials for all you coaches, and so much more. And you'll find my top business tools. Yes, I literally list out all the major ones for you on my website. And there are tons of special discounts and offers for you guys to snag as you try these products and services. You'll also find the main ways to work with me first through my show it website template shop that helps you DIY your way to a strategic website for your business. These website templates are easy to use. They're gorgeously designed and they have all the strategy I'm teaching on this podcast just woven into them. And I have a feeling you'll really love them. You'll also find my course and coaching program for designers, Booked Out Designer. In this program, I teach you everything I did to build an in-demand design business so that you can create a thriving business for yourself as a brand or website designer. So with all that interests you, go to elizabethmccravey.com to access those tools and free downloads. Head to the tools page at elizabethmccravey.com slash tools. And to see the different ways to work with me, simply click over to the ways to work together page. I hope you have so much fun exploring everything over there. And don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode and leaving a rating and review for the show, um, sharing it with a friend, sharing it on social media are all great ways for you to support this podcast. Thanks so much. And I'll see you again next week.